What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sift Spoil for Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, we're going to talk about, continue to talk about, I should say, Pacific Rim Uprising. If you haven't listened to the uh, regular episode, listen to that first. That's more of our review without spoilers. Here we're going to be jumping around, talking about things that we didn't feel like we could talk about without spoiling it. So this is for those who have seen the movie only. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be really confused, and we don't want to ruin it for you. So, Andrew, what are some spoiler stuff that we want to talk about in Pacific Rim Uprising? I'm going to cover a lot of ground in one thing I'm about to say right here. All right, do it. Charlie Day's the villain now. Right? So, A, that's one of the plot twists I did not see coming. Right. And B, that was one of the things I didn't like about the movie because I don't think he made a good villain. He made as good of a villain as he did a hero. And what I mean by that is his character is a character of wanting to be important, but not actually being important. So it wasn't like, you know, the real villains, I think, obviously, are the kaiju. Yeah, and the precursors. The precursors, right? He he went from being a... um, a, like a sidekick on the hero side to being a villain sidekick in some ways. But he's also now, because you barely ever see the precursors, like you only saw them once in the first Pacific Rim. So now he's the face of the villains. Yeah. And uh, there's just something about it. Like, I don't feel threatened. Maybe it's just the way he, he portrayed that character. If he would have been more serious instead of more, because he's still the same comedic guy he's just right. a villain now yeah he's if got he, he's got precursors in his head if he actually would have like changed his persona and like became serious i would have enjoyed him as the villain so much more mm-hmm. but there was just something about him like i'm not feeling you as the villain right now so here's a couple things i want to say about that character number one after re-watching the original last night yeah his character as the villain makes so much sense like, I was watching the things he said very specifically in the first one. This is exactly, I think, the most logical place that that character would, would end up based on 
what we saw of him in the first one and his love for exploring that world and his, you know, addiction to, uh, which in the second one they talk about his addiction to uh, drifting yeah. with, you know, these um, kaiju brain. Kaiju brain. Um, you see all that in the first one. I was really kind of surprised. I was like, oh, this his character in the second one actually makes sense from what we see about his character in the first one. Because um, it was never about heroics for him. It was always about wanting to be closer to the kaiju, even in the first one. Yeah. Uh, so I found that very interesting. The other thing is, I think they are setting him up for a three-movie arc. I think the real beauty of that character isn't going to be in coming back in the third one and having that moment where he has the hero moment and actually fights off whatever's going on internally and makes the right decision. I think that's what they're setting him up for yeah. in the third one. Um, which in some ways makes his character the most interesting character in the, he, he's almost the Darth Vader of the series in some ways. Don't compare him to Darth <laughs> Vader. Don't I just do mean, that. I mean, story wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. story wise, yeah. obviously not intensity wise, you know, or, impact wise, those yeah. kind of things. Um, he is, he is, he is the, he is a sarcastic, you know, a snarky Vader. <laughs> that's, that's what he is. <laughs> Um, um, so I didn't mind that twist as much as, as you did. Uh, and I, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. It, it makes sense. I just didn't like his performance. Sure. Please get that. I, I thought that the twist was cool. I'm like, Oh, so that's the way they're going with it. I just didn't like him doing sure. it. Like, do you like, like Charlie day in, in most stuff? You just oh, don't. Man, I, okay. So you just so don't feel good. like that vibe fits what this character should be. Exactly. Okay. Cause he was still, you know, goofy, you know, and if he has precursors in his head, I would have been more interested in that character if for some reason he took on a completely different personality from anything which I've ever seen a, him in. Which would give away the twist. No, no, I'm saying afterwards. Right, but I know, but if if he's working with them from the beginning of this movie, which he is, he's been working for years yeah. to make this happen. What do you say, 10 years of planning or, or whatever yeah. you know, to make this plan? What, what I'm saying is like, he's still, he's pretending to be the wacky, goofy Charlie Day that we've mm. seen in the first movie, but once it's revealed that he's the villain, he completely drops. He, that. he, he drops the act and he becomes this mm. serious and like, oh, okay. But he still became. He was still the goofy, silly guy. Like, well, because he's fighting between these personalities, right? Like, I never felt like he was fighting. Like, it, but at times his voice completely changes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he starts talking about him. Meaning himself, like he starts talking about himself in the third person yeah. and those moments. He's and, not here, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think he's, yeah, I think he's just battling between those personalities. Yeah, in some I, ways. Another thing that I wasn't a fan of in this movie is the complete throwaway of Mako. Um, I don't think it does anything for uh his or for uh his character, you know, arc. I think Mako was one of my favorite things about the first Pacific Rim movie yeah. and for them to just throw her to the wayside in a pretty meaningless death, I thought was... Isn't that the whole... I mean, isn't that the whole um, moment that um, Jake's path hinges on? Isn't that where he decides to fully embrace what it means to be a hero because he lost his sister and he couldn't save her? I think that they could have made that story arc work just as fine with him. I think that was the intention, at least. It was the intention, but I think that they could have made it work just as well if, you know, that one uh, Jaeger, the the kaiju Jaeger, mm -hmm. which I knew that's what it was. Did you know it was a yes, kaiju Jaeger? Yes. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. They had kind of set that up with um, 
with something earlier. I can't remember what it was. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, so I'm like, I thought that, you know, like, oh, there's a Jaeger out there that's more powerful than their Jaegers. I think that could have been a good enough push to, you know, keep him in. Yeah. I don't think the death of Mako was the way to go. Again, personal preference there. So that's sure. not a critique on the movie. It's more just personal preference. I, I find I, I find the willingness to kill off important characters valuable. Um, I found that scene affecting. Like him reaching out and trying to catch her and just missing her. Yeah. Um, you know, devastating in some ways uh, because we like that character from the first one. So um, I can see the value in it. It didn't feel like a throwaway to me, but I can see how it would. I can see how it would feel that way. Um, definitely. I wonder what happened to Charlie Hunnam's character. What do you mean? From the first movie. Yeah. What happened to him? No, that's a good question. They don't ever really deal with that, do they? Yeah, because if Mako's back, where's he? So, I ju- it, that's just the thing I'm curious about. That's not like a critique on the movie. I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened. No, I actually think that's a decent critique on the movie. <clears throat> I, you know, sometimes I do get annoyed when movies are like make up, you know, reasons that a you know person who just the actor didn't want to be in the movie again, yeah. like they have to make something up. Yeah. Um, but, but not mentioning it does feel a little weird. Yeah. Seems like Mako would have mentioned it or something, or maybe not. It's been ten years. Maybe it's just not something she talks about anymore. You know, maybe they just didn't work out and yeah. You know, maybe he <clears throat> but they were drafted some sort of. <laughs> that's right, they were. So I want to talk about the cadets. Sure, too many cadets for me to care about. And then whenever the one cadet dies, I it's, it's almost meaningless. It is. Yeah. It's almost meaningless. It is. It is the weakest part of the movie for me. Is that that yeah. death means nothing? What did you think? <laughs> I got a huge laugh in this movie. By the way, there was a part of this movie that I laughed so hard at, and that's the Russian Trollolol song. Whenever that played, I'm like, okay, it, it, things are okay in the world now. <laughs> nothing, nothing bad can happen ever again. Because uh, you hear it playing as they're rocketing up into space, and it, for some reason, it was the perfect song. They could not have picked a better song for that moment, yeah. right there. Uh, another thing I want to mention, I, I could have mentioned this in the the real review because it's not a spoiler or anything. Is it blow your mind how much Scott Eastwood is starting to look like Clint Eastwood? A little bit. Oh, there were moments in this movie I was like, that was Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Like, he'll squint up his face at something, yeah. and it's just like, oh my goodness. You're your like, dad. Did, did they just de-age Clint Eastwood for this role? Because that looks just like him. Yeah. It's kind of insane. It really opens the door for him to do like some prequels to like some of his dad's old movies. Or like something. a young Dirty Harry or <laughs> yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. Because he looks so much like him. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's scary. It really is. Yeah. Anyways, that's neither here I nor like there. Scott Eastwood. I think he's fine. Yeah. Not not in this. I, I mean, I mean he, this. he was good in this. Yeah, he's fine in this. It's just that nobody had chemistry. Like, right. him and John Boyega, like, playing off of each other felt forced. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. Like, that whole ice cream scene. I'm like, okay, they're finally going to come together. And it's just nothing really. I loved Boyega in that scene. But you're right. The, the chemistry between them, like, the thing they were going for didn't quite jive. Yeah. He didn't really jive with the girl, the girl character. No, no. Um, which was supposed to be a big part of it. You yeah. know, a big part of the emotional arc was supposed to be understanding her trauma and her tragedy. And, you know, when yeah. they drift together, he, him being a part of her story is very similar to um, the Charlie Hunnam character being a part of Mako's story and understanding, you know, her relationship to um, the original Pentecost. Um, why can't I think of his stacker? Is it stacker Pentecost? Yeah. I just call him Idris <clears throat> Elba. 
<laughs> he cancels apocalypses. That's right. That speech, which, by the way, there is a corollary speech by John Boyega that's pretty good. Yeah. But they also undermine it a little bit, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Whenever Charlie Day's like, oh, man, I was a huge fan of your dad. That speech you gave about canceling the apocalypse. That's <laughs> great, man. It's good stuff. Um, can we talk about some of the ridiculous stuff in this movie? There's some. Okay. Here's here's the one thing that uh, that most encapsulates for me my whole feeling of that's ridiculous, that's silly, that's stupid, that's nonsense, I don't care. Do you mind if I guess what it is? Go for it. Is it where they're using the grav cannon and they're just dropping buildings on that one alien <laughs> over and over and no, over again? No, I actually again? think that kind of makes sense. Like That one doesn't seem ultra-ridiculous, it just seems ultra-over the top. Oh, like, I, I, thought, I, I thought that's what you meant. No, 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 I mean it doesn't even make sense. Like This is so stupid. But I just don't even care. Three uh, kaiju turning into one giant kaiju? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That somehow yeah. there are these creatures that Charlie Day has made, that, yeah. and he's made millions of them, yeah. somehow just ready to come out and do some sort of, um, you know, Transformers Unite. Yeah. You know, pull arms off of three different kaiju, put them on what, like, and then it looks like a completely different kaiju yeah that is nonsense and it's amazing i love that <laughs> it's like it's like they are actually sewing pieces of kaiju together they made a franken kaiju yeah. yes exactly a kaiju a kaijin stein yeah. yeah so yeah kaiju stein was uh was the encapsulation of my feelings of this movie yeah ridiculous over the top makes no sense whatsoever and i could not care less you know? That's the stuff. Okay, that kind of stuff in the movie is stuff I'm totally okay with. Yeah. Or the drones taking on you know kaiju aspects and like turning into half kaiju, half Jaeger. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that too. Like all how- that kind of stuff is what I'm okay with. It's the people in this movie and just how they don't work is right. The totally. biggest flaw for me in this movie because in the first movie we get all the good stuff, but we also get the human elements of it. Yeah, maybe that's just something that Guillermo del Toro knows how to make Could work be. in movies. Although I think you'll be surprised at, at how little work he does on those relationships. I think it just it just works better. Um, I don't think it's necessarily. I don't know that he's necessarily putting more energy towards it. I just think the chemistry might be better, and I think Idris Elba is probably a big piece of it working. Yeah. Um. There's a, gra- a gravitas there that's really interesting. Um, you were talking about them turning into, you know, these drone half kaiju, half things or whatever. How cool was that scene when they're trying to open up the different, um, what's it called? Rifts or, um, oh yeah. Like hundreds and hundreds of yeah, rifts yeah. around and the world. The one kaiju is like halfway out and, oh, and they cut it they in half. And it cuts in it like, oh man, that scene was amazing. Yeah. That was a really cool scene. Yeah. All that stuff in the movie is stuff I'm totally for, but I do have to say my favorite part of the movie is the... Siberian Jaeger fight. Yeah. That's such a good scene. It was so cool. Because, well, I think it was in the first time where they're fighting in Sydney where they're like, let's go, and then they pull out their sword, mm-hmm. and then he pulls out the double flaming chainsaw, <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I love that. The, the choreography on that fight was the best fight choreography in the whole thing. It felt like a real... Yeah, battle, Rock a real em, sock fight. Em, robot. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great, and the scale of the whole thing. That's something I really think the action does work in this movie. I just yeah. it was so fun and so uh, just euphoric, you know, for me to be in this world. Do you watch anime at all? Japanese anime? Not much, uh, because there's actually a. This is based off of a uh, an anime series. 
like this is what uh, Guillermo del Toro used. Mm. I don't know if he wrote the script for the first one, but it's based off of a Japanese anime. Like a lot of homages to it. It's called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, <clears throat> it that's, came out in the nineties. That's what Pacific Rim is based on. Kind pretty much. It's or takes elements of a lot of elements. Okay, of, like a. Uh, People like becoming like, you know, rifting with the machine. So like if the machine gets damaged internally, like like say like the arm of the uh, mm-hmm. the Jaeger is being pulled, like they feel like their arms breaking and stuff like that, you know, so they feel yeah. everything. Which is here. I mean, as well, yeah. that's kind of the thing. I did like the visualization. This is another thing the second one does better than first, just because technology has progressed. Yeah. The visualizations are better. Oh, inside the, te- the Jaegers? Yeah, the technology yeah. feels more advanced, and, and it should be because it's 10 years later. Yeah. Um, you know, they have actual holograms of the things that are happening around them instead of having these, like, plates. In the first one, they have these plates that show, like, when they pick up the boat, it just has a little, like, green rendering of a boat on a yeah. plate almost. And here, it, it's like they're actually, you know, interacting with these holograms. Um, I, I liked the more treadmill aspect of the way they run in this one than the first one i think it feels yeah. more fluid it feels more real um the first one feels a lot more mechanical which i understand because that's part of what you know they're going through yeah um so yeah i i really i i like the way the visualizations in this one you know kind of happen during those moments i'd have to go back and watch the first one to see if all the kaiju really were heading towards mount fuji they weren't they weren't i mean it's at least never indicated yeah. Um, it doesn't feel that way at all. In fact, that was one of the things when I watched the first one and they, they talk in the second one about we never knew why they were here. Yeah. They talk about why they were here in the first one. They talk about that they want to take over the planet and terraform it. They, they yeah. mentioned that we're, you know, uh, Charlie Day's character says something about, um, you know, we're terraforming it for them with global warming or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and but that you know, now that they're like I, it was it was weird to watch that and go, uh, I don't understand now the, the second the second one doesn't make as much sense. It negates what happened in the first one a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little okay. bit. So um, I think that's creative scripting, you yeah. know, uh, to have this moment at Mount Fuji. Which, by the way, that's another one of the most ridiculous things is that this they could have somehow hit that monster from that height with, oh, just with perfectly this, aiming with a, a robot Jaeger. that's completely falling apart. And yeah. like, there's no like the accuracy you would have to make an, a landing that perfectly. That's that's another one of the parts of this movie. You're like, I don't care. Exactly. It's just going to be really cool <laughs> exactly. watching this rocket, this rocketing robot fall from the sky right on top of this giant kaiju yeah. as like yeah. a comet. You know? Yeah. No, it was it was amazing. And then whenever you think that 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 uh, kaiju is getting back up, and you're like, man, what is it going to take? And then it just you see behind it, it's just all in pieces. And you're like, ah, okay, they got it. <laughs> I, uh, one thing, it's interesting how your mind doesn't remember certain things, but I really loved the escape pods in the second one where, you know, you go up into the, the escape pod and then it's got the, and I shoot you out. Yeah. That's in the first one. I had totally forgotten. No, that's how they escape. Uh, I know now, yeah. but I just, I had forgotten in my oh. mind that that's how they escaped the explosion in the first one was, was those escape pods. So yeah, I found that, that really interesting <laughs> that my brain had totally, you know, misplaced that information. I don't. Um, did you find it interesting? It's not till the end of the movie we actually see kaiju. It is interesting, and I, I wondered um, when I went back and watched the trailer to put my review together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised at how much kaiju is in the trailer, 
considering it doesn't even happen till like the last act of the movie, yeah. basically. And I was really, again, this is a, you know, I sound like a broken record, but the fact that the big main kaiju that is pieced together from is the three in. is in the trailer is such a huge spoiler. Yeah. Because the whole time you would be thinking, I'm imagining, well, when's the big one going to show up and where I does was. he come from? And I'm just like, why? Like, well, I wasn't thinking that. I was just enjoying the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. Well, I was thinking, when's the big one coming? And then it dawned on me, I'm like, are all three of those kaiju just going to jump on top of each other and meld into one? <laughs> I, I thought they were going to do it themselves. Yeah. I didn't know Charlie Day was going to send out, you know, Transformers to meld them. I thought they were going to do it themselves. Yeah. I'm like, I bet that's what's going to happen. I wonder how they're going to do it. And then Charlie Day sent those minions out. I'm like, oh, Which it was so a that's... great little twist, too, because when he sends them out, you think I thought they, they were, were gonna... coming after the, the yeah. Jaegers. And they're not. They're they're go, going to put the kaiju together. So it's a nice little um, uh, pull the rug out moment when they actually go around the Jaegers yeah. and go to the kaiju. So yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, man, I just had fun with this movie. I just it was just so much fun. I can't wait to watch it again. I really can't. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I agree with most of your negatives. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel them as strongly as you. I don't think but, that might be it. Um, and I just I'm willing to forgive so much when it's a world that I really enjoy being in. Yeah, and I like you said, I'm so excited to see where it goes next, and to you know to revisit this world, and I hope you know we get a chance. So one more fun sc- scene I did want to mention. It's at the very beginning of the movie is the uh, scrapper chase. The a, scrapper chase. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. a lot of fun with that. Yeah, you know, a little Jaeger just trying to run away from this. Yeah, we giant. didn't even talk. We didn't even talk about uh, baby Jaeger. Yeah, scrapper, L- scrapper. Scrapper's great. Yeah. Scrapper is the thing I said, and I I think I mentioned this in my review, but the thing I said about Scrapper was, oh, why why can't the Transformers movies understand the power of a robot that actually changes into something else and it feels re- you know what I mean like like into a ball yeah you know? when it rolls into a ball it feels like that's actually the same you know robot transforming into there's a ball a, you know there's not a bunch of flashing lights and then all of a sudden yeah, it's exactly. a semi truck exactly it makes sense at turning into a ball yeah I'm just like that's I mean the Pacific Rim movies may be the best Transformer movies we're ever gonna get <laughs> <laughs> it's like so I really love Scrapper. I thought that was a great character to add. Uh, yeah. I knew it was going to come back at some point. Obviously, it oh, had yeah. to. And I, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's going to be the robot that saves the day. Yeah, yeah. And, and it did. And that's fine because uh, it was fun and it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, so Scrapper was great. I'm still surprised that Charlie Day ended up being the villain and that it wasn't the uh, the uh, the lady. Oh, crap. That's my alarm to take medication. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that it wasn't the lady uh, who run, ran the drone company, you know? I thought she was going to be... Yeah, of course. Because that's who everybody thought it was going to be. And that's the thing, you know, with a movie like this, you expect it to be predictable. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever she comes back and saves the day with Scrapper and... Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I guess the final thing we'll spoil is the uh, premise of the third one is kind of revealed at the end of this movie. They're which going is, after the precursors. This next time we see you, we're coming to your on your turf um and so they're gonna open up the the rift and and go on to into a precursor world um man that could be fun it could be fun i'm excited i listen i i i think you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of stargate and what i mean by that is with stargate were movies that weren't perfect they're they're flawed or the movie i should say i really like Stargate. i really like stargate as well but it's a flawed movie it really is yeah um but 
it's this world that is so imbued with uh, like possibility that you want to go back there and figure out more. And that's why all the Stargate TV shows happen. That's because it's a beautiful world that's been built. Yeah. And I feel like Pacific Rim is the same. I feel like they've really built a beautiful world that is has so much cool stuff baked into it that they can't get away from telling stories in this world. And if they're not movies, maybe there'll be a Pacific Rim TV series, and I'd be totally on board because I, I love the idea of this world. It just feels so real. Like it feels like yeah. a. And rewatching the first one, I, I you know all the setup they did for you know how this world developed, and um, I just I've I've been really impressed. Yeah. Uh, with the world building, uh, if nothing else. Now so. I'm gonna go home and watch Stargate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a fun movie. It is James Spader, right? James Spader and uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Fun stuff. Well, there you go. Sif spoil for uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, all our thoughts are now recorded into f- audio files that will be around as long as audio files can be heard. Yep. And whenever Isle of Dogs comes out, we're definitely going to be reviewing it. Yeah. I know last week we had, we had mentioned that it was out this weekend, but that's only limited release. So Which is sad. I think locally it's a couple weeks still. Okay. Before it comes out. But yeah, we'll definitely definitely spend some talking time talking about that. We'll catch you back next week. Uh, of course, Ready Player One is next week. Woo. We'll see you then. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.